Guess who's back? Who? Back again. Wait, what? Three and D's back. Oh, for real? Tell your friends. Nice. Shout out to, uh, is that Eminem? I believe so. Shout out to Eminem. From somebody else, like a sample or something. Old school Eminem, not new school Eminem. Yeah, old school Eminem is popping. We don't want to talk about (laughs) new school Eminem. Yeah, if you ain't heard that new album he dropped, don't. Basically, he needs some help. Yeah. Hey, welcome to the 3 and D pod. My name is Drizzy Drew. Yes, sir. And I'm here with my boy Wizzy Wayne, and we are talking about the trade season that just dawned upon us. Mm-hmm. And it was a fun one, let me tell you that. Very Sometimes we get to these trade seasons, Wayne, where the trade deadline is approaching, and everybody's got these big expectations for like, oh, this name is going to go here, this name's going to go here. Of course, the Lakers want to get somebody, the Clippers, all these contenders, mm-hmm. everybody attaches a name to... But sometimes nothing happens, and it's a yep. little disappointing. It's like very anticlimactic. Yeah, yeah. But this season we had quite a good uh, trade deadline that that we just uh, partaked in. Partook. We we took a part in. <laughs> <laughs> we had a great trade deadline this season. So to witness. So this uh, a majority of what we're going to talk about is each team that had a trade. So not every team had a trade, but we're going to get to the ones that did literally everyone, even if it was just like this team traded draft picks and cash or whatever. We're going to get to it, and me and Wayne are going to give our grades for those teams. Yes, sir. Are we ready to roll? I'm ready to rock. Let's start with the Washington Wizards. Okay. Wayne, the Washington Wizards. The Wizards. The guys who are coming in. Are Shabazz Napier, yeah, and Jerome Robinson from the Clippers. Jerome Robinson, a former first-round pick a couple years ago, but just never really got playing time given the circumstances of the players that came into the Clippers. And then Shabazz Napier, um, a good backup point guard, mm-hmm. I would say, that was in Washington and then got flipped uh, to go over to Denver, and then Denver sent them to sent him to Washington. So he's yeah. done a lot of traveling, I'm sure. And then outgoing, the the guys coming out of Washington is Jordan McRae, the G League points phenom, mm-hmm. who's always kind of stuck around and just knows how to put buckets up. He was also in that deal, which sent um, a couple players to Denver, and then Denver flipped them to go to Washington. And then the other name going out, Isaiah Thomas. Yes, the sir. Isaiah Thomas, who got his chance again this year to – I guess prove everybody wrong that he's healthy again. Mm-hmm. And um, he ended up going to the Clippers but got dropped. They waived him, so he's actually not a, even on a team right now. But aside from focusing on Isaiah Thomas, what do you think about this move for Washington? What's your grade for them? What you got? Um, I mean, it's not like a huge move. So I guess I'd probably give it like a little C plus, you know. It's not a terrible move. I love Shabazz Napier. Um I've watched him a lot, even like, I don't know, I just watched Shabazz Napier a lot. He's got some smooth handles. He's got a nice little shot. He's not the greatest scorer. He's got like some interesting career highlights. Yeah, like he, 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 like he just shows up. Weird moments. Yeah, exactly. And we're just like, okay, cool. <laughs> but then we just move on because, you know, it's Shabazz Napier. But he, he is a well-known name around the league and right. around the United States, period. So I'd say this is a nice fit. Washington, they need like a little help. They're not going to go anywhere this season. But if you're talking about just giving you some production off the bench, Shabazz Napier's a nice pick. So I'll give him a C plus. Yeah, I think Shabazz 
is maybe a little bit more of an upgrade over Isaiah Thomas at this point, just a, just because Isaiah Thomas is a little bit older. Obviously, I mean they're both pretty short, so mm-hmm. defensively it's not going to be anything amazing. But I think Shabazz is a little bit younger, and you could see him more as maybe a foundational backup point guard once John Wall gets back next season. Yeah. And then they're kind of taking a flyer on a guy in Jerome Robinson who had some promise coming out of college. Um, and so I don't think you're losing much getting rid of Jordan McRae and Isaiah Thomas. Those guys are both veterans who can score the ball, and I'm sure any team could use them, maybe coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. Uh, so nothing really moves the needle for me, so I'm going to probably agree with you, probably just give him a C. Yeah. All right, how about the Sacramento King, Sacktown? Sacktown, baby. The king of Sacramento, Dwayne Dedman. (laughs) (laughs) The one who was requesting a trade when he just signed like a three-year deal. Dang. Uh, I guess got what he was wishing for. Mm -hmm. And so he's on his way back to Atlanta. That's right. You know that um, gif of Bart Simpson walking in the door? setting his hat down and his coat down and then picking it back up and walking oh, right back oh, out the house. That's the, that's the grandpa. Yeah, the grandpa, grandpa yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what that's I imagine for Dwayne <laughs> Dedman for this. <laughs> Walked into Sacktown, turned right back around and said, you know what? Nah. <laughs> so incoming, we got for the Kings, incoming, we got the center from Atlanta, Alex Lynn, who's a is a good young player. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Jabari Parker, the former number two pick a couple years ago, is coming into Sacramento. And then going out is who we just mentioned, Dwayne Dedman, back to Atlanta. A 2020 second-round pick, a 2021 second-round pick. So a couple picks and Dwayne Dedman out for Sacramento and Alex Lynn and Jabari Parker on the way in. What you got, Wayne? You know what? I'm going to give this one – I'll give this one a B because I really like Jabari Parker, first of all. I mean, he hasn't been the same since he came back from that injury, um, but – Jabari Parker can still give you buckets. And pairing him with Buddy Heald and De'Aaron Fox and all those guys, I think that's going to be a good fit, especially since he can be like that veteran, not too veteran, but like that veteran voice on the team to kind of help these guys out. And he's at a good position. He plays with small forward. Mm -hmm. So he'll be good. Alex Lynn, I like Alex Lynn. Um, Don't really watch much of him, but I know he's a good paint beast, so they'll be fine. Dwayne Dedman, (laughs) dude's... Dude is like, he he's very athletic, but he's almost, it's almost like he's scared to just like do the things he knows he can do. I don't know if that makes sense, but he played for the Spurs for a little bit, and I know what he's capable of. It's just like he just won't do it. It's almost like Dwight Howard, kind of. He reminds me of Dwight Howard, but he can shoot. Dwayne Dedman can shoot the ball a little bit better than Dwight Howard, I feel, but he just won't do those things. I'm like, dude, like you have... You were on. You were in pop system. You know how to score the basketball. Just do it. Like yeah. you're a great player. Just go. Just do that. Just be that. And it's like something's holding him back. So I'm like, you know what? At this point, whoever wants to pay him can pay him. Uh, he's going back to Atlanta. And that's fine with me. So yeah. I'll give it a solid B. I'm gonna give them an A minus just because Dwayne Dedman. I think he was 30 years old or over 30. He might be like 29 or something. I don't know. He looks old. He, um, yeah, he does look old. I'm gonna give them an A minus because. Really, I think he was the kind of the cancer attached to this team because he verbally said, I want out. So you yeah. don't really want that as a part of your culture. So good for them getting him out. And then you sent away a couple second-round picks, which 
there might be some people that hold a lot of value to second round picks, but I just don't think, yeah, every time you can hit the, uh, hit the jackpot with like a Jimmy Butler or a, a Draymond Green or something like that. But I think for now it's fine. And, and then you get two guys coming back who are under 30, who can kind of maybe, maybe they're in the short term, maybe they're in the long term. Um, but yeah, I think a minus is, is best for them. Just getting rid of a guy who clearly didn't want to be a part of your team. Just send yeah. him back to where he came from. Mm-hmm. Literally. You're going back. Portland Trailblazers. Not a ton to talk about here, but incoming, coming on to the Blazers, is no actual player. It's a 2024 second-round pick. Second-round draft pick, top 55 protected. That's very, like, largely protected, top 55. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And then going out, Scalabissier, and then they're sending Atlanta... 1.8 1.8 million just a just a cash deal so sending a player and cash out to atlanta so what do you think about this for portland i know this is not the most exciting one no but tell me what you got uh c minus d plus i mean anytime you can send someone with some with some money that's a good deal for me because i'm all about the benjamins you know what i'm saying but i, I mean i don't see much happening here 2024 Top fifty five. Top fifty five protected. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I don't. I don't get that. Part Holding out hope, big time. Yeah, and then was it Scalabissier? That's that's fine with me. I mean, yeah, not not a not a huge move, but I think s- send them with the bag and be good. Yeah, C plus for me. Yeah, um, you you get rid of a guy who really just wasn't a part of your rotation, so um, I guess it makes sense to move on from him, mm-hmm. and then. But the the reason C plus is because Portland is in the chase right now of trying to catch that eighth spot, and you just would figure maybe a more desperate move. But I mean, if nothing was in there, or if nothing was out there, and you really didn't want to jeopardize what you had now just for like a desperate like, hey, come in and save us this season, then I guess it's fine to stay pat. But again, I just don't really think this was anything to benefit Portland this year but hey it benefits them in 2024 with the top 55 protected pick baby yeah, yeah. go ahead and take that to the bank philadelphia 76ers ooh incoming the two uh the two perimeter players alec burks and glenn robinson the third and a 2020 second round pick is who is coming onto the sixers so two wing guys and then outgoing James Ennis the third mm-hmm. over to Orlando, a twenty twenty second round pick, a twenty twenty one second round pick, and a twenty twenty two second round pick. You should have going to Orlando, right? That's going to Orlando. Uh, I don't know if all. Well, I think some of those are actually going to Golden State because that's where Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson are coming from. Yeah. So, I don't know if any of those are actually going to Orlando. We'll figure that out when we get to Orlando later, but. The Sixers get two really good uh, rotation wing guys, maybe coming off the bench, maybe in the starting lineup, and we know they're desperate uh, right now for some shooting, period. Mm-hmm. Um, so w- what do you give them, Wayne? I would say this is a pretty nice size move from them. I'd give it a B-plus because they do need more perimeter um, shooting. Obviously, Joel Embiid is like not getting it done, and we all know Ben Simmons ain't doing a goddamn thing from behind the arc. So getting some guys out there that can actually hit the three – that's fine with me. So I'll give it a B plus. 
Yeah, I'm kind of with you. Maybe maybe an A minus because I know that these these guys have gotten a lot of run with Golden State's. Their their legs are fresh. They've been mm-hmm. they've had a lot of opportunities to shoot the ball. So I guess if you're Philly, you're hoping they can come in and really start firing away with a Cork Moss. Yeah, at least, well, at least Cork Moss had 34 points last night. 34, dude, superstar on Philly. <laughs> but it it it, it, it adds to their to their shooting on the outside, and I think for them, really just if you're not going to get a JJ Redick caliber type shooter on the outside, which I know they would probably take him back in a heartbeat. Yeah, um, you at least want to get something. You know, it, it kind of reminds me of the moves a couple of years ago. Actually, this might have been last year. I'm not sure. But when they brought in Marco Bellinelli and Irsan Ilyasova, and that was really good for them on the mm-hmm. perimeter, um, I guess for them the hope is that this is kind of translates similarly to that, where you know you kind of pick them up midway through the season and they're able to contribute and do something for you on the perimeter. So I give them an A minus. All right, that's a bet. Um, we can well now we can talk about Orlando and if they received anything from that. Okay, so incoming like three team trade or something like that. Yeah, right? I'm not getting into the weeds of like the who was involved with who because yeah we just chase a rabbit tail the whole time so i got lost incoming to orlando james ennis the third who is a, a strong uh i guess if you want to call him kind of a three and d guy and then outgoing is a 2020 second round pick so they they get rid of a 2020 second round pick and they receive james ennis mm-hmm. wayne okay uh I don't know. I guess B minus C plus somewhere in there, like middle of the pack kind of thing. All these second round picks are being tossed around like Candyman. So that's why I don't. I don't really think. I think that it's because they know like there's not a ton of value in them, so you yeah might as well just package it with yeah. it. Yeah, and and I guess that's fine if you think that the type of player you would get in the draft in the second round is somebody like Ennis or whatever, then. Go ahead, send that pick away because you got your guy. So I'm okay with so, it. It's not like a power move or anything, but it's just a. It feels like it's a, almost like a cleaning house kind of move, but not really cleaning house. It's if like, they were cleaning house, they would have gotten rid of Aaron Gordon. That's true. So which I thought he might. Be, might yeah, which his name too. was in those talks, so I'm surprised he didn't move. But Orlando is in the mix for the East still. Um, I mean, it's kind of the same situation as last year. They're they're at the bottom and they're probably going to be a first round exit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. I mean, James Ennis can help you in the short term, but this is obviously not a long term move, but he, he doesn't move the needle for you at all. And then you had to give up a pick for that as well. Um, so I'm going to actually go D because I just don't think this does much for them. Um, plus I'd actually like to see James Ennis on more of a contender because mm-hmm. uh, every contender needs those kind of guys who can, stretch the floor and play defense so i i just don't really know how that fits with orlando so i'm gonna give him a d i'm gonna be a little rude okay the new york knicks the new york knickerbockers incoming maurice harkless isif sanan hmm. um apparently somebody has draft rights to him so i guess he's not actually in the league yet uh 2020 first round pick a 2021 first round swap rights and a 2021 second round pick. So obviously you can't look at this and go, okay, Maurice Harkless and give your grade necessarily, you know, 
Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and then I forgot to mention outgoing Marcus Morris Sr. to the Clippers. We'll get to him later. But Wayne, what is your what's your take on the Knicks grade for this trade deadline? I don't know, man. The Knicks are not good. <laughs> um, but if you know I, you're not good. Yeah. And I, if you know that you have a player that has a lot of value that a lot of teams would want, like a lot of teams wanted Marcus Morris. Mm-hmm. So your return is now. So they got two first-round picks back. Yeah. I I mean, I guess in, in the long term, this is a better move because now you have – some more something more you can do in the draft um so i guess i'd give it like a b minus we'll sit right there to b I'm, a, I'm gonna give him an a because a. marcus morris was on a one-year deal so yeah, but i feel like he got the better end of this deal oh no sure. no 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 for sure i'm saying like he was on a one-year deal so he could have just up and left the Knicks anyways so oh, might okay. as might as well get value for him while you can now yeah you know um and they got two first round picks back. I mean, if you're the Knicks, really, what do you have to lose? You've lost basically everything already. So but I'm just going based off what the Knicks have shown us in the past, and what I feel like they're going to show us in the future. And it's like, I don't see them. I still don't see them going anywhere, even if they have these picks, because they just that organization isn't run well at all. Yeah, I think if you're the Knicks, what you're maybe starting to see happen, hopefully is that they realize that they've kind of damaged their reputation in a lot of ways. Like they're not a destination for free agents. Mm-hmm. So I think the smart thing to do is is to start to collect draft picks and just do the right thing like Golden State did a few years ago with building up a contender through the draft and just try to make that happen before you give away your whole future and kind of jeopardize your reputation by just trying to go after free agents that – might not necessarily come there. Mm-hmm. Um so I think for them this was the right this was the right move just to get Marcus Morris off your books. Um and you know, for a one year deal, I think he was like eighteen million, which is a ton for one year. So you free up some some money right there and and you get some future assets in return. So Spurs uh, had him. Spurs did have them. Did have him he and then he bailed. Yeah. Well, I heard like the Clippers had him first, actually. Like they had a deal lined up. Oh, wow. He ditched that, mm-hmm. went to the Spurs, ditched that, and then went to New York. So and then the he ended up on the Clippers yeah. again. So uh yeah, I'll give I'll give the uh the Knicks an A. Let's go to Minnesota. Minnesota. Mini. Obviously, this was the big one, Wayne. The big one that everybody wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about who's leaving first. Who's leaving Minnesota? Kita. Bates Diop. I know that name. You do? I think. I, I, I've heard. I've just part. heard it because of this trade this week. Honestly, I don't know I who the guy I heard is. Bates Diop before. Somewhere. Bates Diop's on the way out. Jordan Bell's on the way out. Robert Covington out. Gorgie Dang out. Shabazz Napier out. Noah Vonley out. Andrew Wiggins out. They get rid of a 2021 first round pick, top three protected, who, and a 2021 second round pick so they they packed up the house dude Mm -hmm. here's what they got in return a young wing player from the denver nuggets malik beasley that was a in my opinion a great pickup for them Mm -hmm. uh jacob evans juancho hernan gomez james johnson d'angelo russell Mm -hmm. amari spellman evan turner jared vanderbilt and a 2020 first round pick lottery protected 
What you got, Wayne? I, man, as much as I want D'Lo to stay on the Golden State, <clears throat> I feel like he's proven himself to be able to lead a team. Well, not maybe like lead a team by himself, but be an, a leader on a team. The way he was kind of like going up for the Warriors and just, I mean, putting up good numbers. Like the dude was just going crazy. It's, I and mean, so, he's had one of his one of his best st- statistical seasons. I think they've taught him how to be a little bit more versatile based off just like not just what he did in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. You know, Brooklyn, he was like pick and roll master, but he's been kind of used like off ball a lot in Golden State. And so I think maybe he could take that with him to Minnesota to add that skill set to his game. Yeah. So I like this trade. I mean, as much as I wanted him to stay, it's a good trade. Um, I'll give it an A because I, I, I kind of see what the Warriors are trying to do. Um, they're going to get uh, Steph Curry back, what, March, hopefully. They're going to get Klay Thompson back probably at the end of the season or next season. Um, Draymond Green's kind of holding it down, doing whatever he can to help the team right now. So once you get those guys back and that nucleus back on the team, and then you have a guy like Wiggins come in, who we all know Wiggins has, say it with me, potential. But he just won't he won't tap into it. It's crazy. I think being in a system with Steve Kerr yeah. at the helm is going to help him out a oh, lot, yeah. especially with the scoring. And maybe he can develop a really consistent three ball. Yeah, so for sure, we can we can get into him on the Warriors a little bit later. Yeah, um, I I I like this for Minnesota. Oh yeah, Minnesota I'm gonna give this. Deal. Here's why I'm gonna give this an A plus, because happiness. <laughs> like it was just bleak in Minnesota. Pure like, joy. It was just like the weather's nasty. The yeah. team sucks. Mm-hmm. Nobody shows up to the games. So you got what you wanted. Mm-hmm. D'Angelo Russell's Carl Anthony Towns' best friend. They got two thirds of the map. Who's the missing piece, Wayne? Who's the missing Kat, piece? Cat D'Lo. The friendship trifecta. Who's missing? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Come why on, you, dude. Why are you quizzing me like this? Hold up. Hey, he's their best friend on another team. Very good player. Dude, I'm, Devin I'm, Booker. Oh, I was lost. Bro. Dude, he's like best friends with them. I totally forgot about that. Can you see Devin Booker making his way to Minnesota in the next few years? I would love to see that. That'd be pretty dope. A bunch of offense and no defense. What a game. <laughs> what a time but to be alive. It's it's good for Minnesota. I mean, this just I, I think kind of brings their spirits up. They got a they got a guy for the future. This isn't this is not gonna do anything this season. I think if anything for us, it just makes us understand like maybe how the pairing between Cat and D Lo can work. Mm-hmm. I think you're gonna see a lot of pick and roll. Um and I, I think we can maybe see D'Lo a little bit more off the ball. He's going to have the ball a lot more in his hands than he would in in Golden State. Um, But I think also another notable name in this deal is Malik Beasley, who's a restricted free agent this summer, so Minnesota will have to match uh, whatever offers come. But he is a great um, wing player that – a young guy who, honestly, Minnesota's not going to get anything through free agency. So you want to hold on to a guy of his age and of his caliber. So – I get. I give Minnesota an A plus for this. And li- listen, you're not. Andrew Wiggins wasn't working out. Mm-mm. It's just the reality. Like you, he was your first round pick who Cleveland gave to you a couple years ago, but it just wasn't working out. It was time to move on. So I give them an A plus for this. So good job, Miami, Vice City, baby. Is their thing three hundred five? Three hundred five is the address code. 
Possibly. I have no idea. Who's Mr. 305? Beats me, dog. I think they are the 305. It could be. If I'm butchering this, somebody tell me. <laughs> uh, Miami. Going out. James Johnson on his way out. The gummy guru, Dion Waiters, on his way out. <laughs> I was waiting for that. And then Justice Winslow, the 23-year-old uh, kind of combo guard, on his way out. Incoming, Jay Crowder, Solomon Hill, Andre Iguodala. Yeah. Who was really the name of the trade deadline. I don't know if anyone expected him to end up on the heat. All of the names were associated with the two L.A. teams, Dallas, maybe Houston. I don't think a lot of us saw the heat, but Pat Riley pulled some stops here. Mm-hmm. So what what kind of grade are you giving these Miami Heat, Wayne? You know what? I'm going to give this a nice little B plus, A minus, mainly because, <clears throat> um, what's his name, Justice Winslow, is that, is that what we're saying, went from the heat to the Grizzlies, right? Um, I like Justice Winslow a lot, and I think he's going to go over and play with John Morant and be completely fine. They can work out, you know, how to tag team the garbage or whatever. You know, go do you. Um, but then Andre Iguodala, the, the the one of the big names we were talking about going into this trade lit, trade deadline, um, that's going to be a nice fit for him going to play playing with Jimmy Butler. I w- almost kind of wanted him to stay in Memphis only because there's like a uh there's a feel that there's like a, a need for like a veteran leadership over there that I feel like he could have stepped in and Which been was like kind of lost now that they gave up Jay Crowder and Solomon yeah, Hill. Yeah, yeah, and they had they had Jay Crowder too and I'm like that that team needed some some nice vets on the team to kind of help these guys. Can we talk about to, the Andre Gudala Twitter beef? Oh. Well, I think they're just mad because he didn't want to play with them. And I kind of understand and I kind of don't because he was doing other stuff while he was sitting there. I don't know what he was doing, but, you know, he has a book or something. He was getting ready for retirement. He was, you know, he was getting stuff. He was getting pieces moving um, while he was just sitting there not playing basketball, which I understand is cool. That's fine. Do you. You got to get stuff ready. That you, Why not take the time to – and at least he said from the jump that he didn't want to play. Like he said – you trade me, fine. Like do whatever you gotta do. I'm not playing for this team. I was like, okay, fine. Do you? But as a basketball person and seeing what a veteran can do for a young team, I would have much rather him kind of take these guys under his wing. Like, okay, look, I've been to the promised land. Okay, got my ring. Like, let me help you out. Let me help y'all get to where y'all want to go, and then y'all can ship me somewhere else. And I'm not saying he didn't do that because we didn't have any media coverage over it. So. I'm not saying he didn't do that, but if he didn't, I'd much rather him stay for a full season and mentor these kids, or mentor John Morant at least, and get them where they need to be. Not in his plans, though. Nah, but he got some stuff popping, so more power to him, getting stuff ready for after basketball. That's cool. Yeah. I like that. I just loved the, honestly, I loved the little back and forth between like Dylan Brooks and John Morant and Steph Curry all on Twitter this yeah. week about when they when they were asked, and I know we're maybe veering a little bit more into uh, Memphis than Miami, but I mean, this includes Andre Iguodala, but (laughs) Dylan Brooks was like, honestly, if he doesn't want to play with us, like that's fine. Like 
we're good without him basically like, he was like I can't, can't wait team. can't wait to see him on the court like yeah. let's go yeah which i love seeing that from the, these young guys and then john morant steps in and he does the like shouting emoji mm-hmm. quoting dylan brooks's uh quote post game and then steph curry comes in and posts a picture of andre gudala with the finals mvp and then john yeah. morant replies back with katie's finals mvp yeah. <laughs> uh so fun um uh, it's gonna be dope man when they when it, heat grizzlies yeah. Circle it on your calendar. Yeah. And for Miami, I I give this look, I think they're in win now mode. Oh, Before sure. the season, yeah. I was I wasn't looking at them like win now mode. Mm-hmm. You know, you got Jimmy Butler, but I mean, I wasn't looking at them like, man, they could take the East. You know, they had a lot of young players, but you got Bam out of bio who rose up and a lot of good perimeter players, and then you get these gritty defenders and Jay Crowder and I don't really know what to make of Andrea Gudala because he has been out a whole season. Yeah, I don't know what he's going to do. When it comes and he back. hasn't been amazing the past few years. I think when you have a reputation of a finals MVP, you're always going to be like a name that's notable. But has he really been amazing the past few years? I think what you can give him credit for is you can count on him in big moments. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Like He might average two points for the whole season, but in – in a game in the playoffs when the game is on the line and he's on the perimeter, like you can count on him to make the right decision. And we know he's going to be a great defender. So I like this for Miami. I'm going to give them an A plus because they have a real legitimate chance to challenge Milwaukee in this, uh, in this playoff race this year. I truly believe that because they, they have the squad to, um, they have multiple guys who can at least try to defend Giannis, and I think they're going to be a team that's going to be able to switch defensively a lot. And then you really weren't playing James Johnson and Deion Waiters a ton, so it makes sense to get rid of them. And then Justice Winslow is almost always injured, even though he's only 23 years old. So Memphis is kind of taking a flyer on him. But I like this for Miami. I, it, it, I mean, if you're them, go for it. And And they inked Iggy to a contract, too. Oh, like in the midst of this, they gave him like a two-year, thirty million dollar contract. Oh, so this just goes to show you can take off work for the whole year, <laughs> yeah, and then get inked to a contract whenever you want while you're uh, promoting your book and just playing golf and stuff. Yeah. So I mean, Miami's got him, you know, past the season too. So maybe that might be notable notable for when not this summer, but next summer when a guy like Giannis is in free agency. Yeah, and maybe Miami's a destination. So. I'm Anyways, gonna go ahead, I'm gonna go ahead and get my contracts popping with the NBA now. So if you guys are looking for a, you know team manager, water boy, anything, I'm your guy. Yeah, please. Uh, if you guys are giving out thirty million dollar contracts for sitting around, I've been doing plenty of that. So yes, just call me up, email me. I've got the body to prove it too. <laughs> <laughs> if you really need us to show you. <laughs> Uh, and we kind of already touched on it, Wayne, but Memphis, uh, they get in a, a multitude of, you know, kind of switching between teams and stuff. They receive Jordan Bell, Gorgie Dang, Dion Waiters, and Justice Winslow. And it's been reported now that they're probably going to waive Dion Waiters. So really just Jordan Bell, Gorgie Dang, and Justice Winslow. Dang, no gummy guru. No gummy guru. And on the way out, Bruno Caboclo, Jay Crowder, Solomon Hill, Andre Gudala, a 2023 second round pick swap. So that's who we got coming in and coming out. What do you give these young grit and grind Grizzlies? I'll give it a B. 
Um, a B. Yeah. Um, I think losing Jay Crowder was a kind of a big hit. Not like a huge hit, but he provided that leadership that the team needed. Yeah. Um, I believe if Justice Winslow can stay healthy, like we mentioned earlier, that pairing him with John Morant is going to be a good fit because I don't know. I just really love Justice Winslow. Um, when he's him, healthy, yeah, he's great to have on your team. Yeah, and then John Morant is kind of figuring. He's still figuring things out in the league. Um, but giving him, even though Justice Winslow isn't like a veteran, he's been in the league. He's got some experience. And so he can kind of guide John, John Morant a little bit. And they can be like that combo guard position or whatever, both of them just playing playing off of each other. Um, kind of like what you get with like John Wall and Bradley Beal or Damian Lillard and TJ McCollum, that kind of a thing. Uh, so I kind of like it. I'll give it a B, only because mainly because of the Jay Crowder hit. And then, of course, you can wave uh, Dion Waiters. You'll probably get high on the team playing anyway, so <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, don't bring the young players down like that, Dion. <laughs> no, don't bring them up like that. I'm going to give them an F because Andre <laughs> Gudala was so great for them this season. I think it's about time we hang his jersey in the, the Memphis rafters. Yeah, go ahead and put that up there. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. No, I think this is good for them. Uh, you, you make a lot of good points, so I'm actually going to agree with you. Uh, maybe a B because – I think the reason why Memphis has been so great this year and it's been kind of surprising is because we're kind of seeing let and let's not compare maybe Memphis to like Sacramento in terms of veteranship and young players because we see that it didn't really work out for um, Sacramento as much, but Memphis it's really panned out well. So they're losing that, but we know they're being set up for the future, and I'm sure that Jay Crowder and those guys kind of did give you know, John Morant, Dylan Brooks, Jaron Jackson Jr., some good uh, veteranship qualities that they can now carry on as they continue to develop and get older and take this franchise on. So I'll, get, I'll give them a B. Noise. Clippers. Clip City, baby. Incoming Marcus Morris Sr. and $1.3 in cash. They sent him with a bag. Mm-hmm. Briefcase said, here you go. Going out. Maurice Harkless, Jerome Robinson, Derek Walton Jr., a 2020 first-round pick, a 2020 first-round swap rights, and 2021 second-round pick. What you got? I don't really know what to think about this. I mean, I they didn't. The Clippers are in championship mode, and it's been that way from the jump. Once they announced they got Kawhi and Paul George, like we knew, ain't nothing. They going straight to the chip. So I think adding. Morris is a good fit because he'll he'll give you those like he can give you buckets. He was getting buckets over there in New York, like hands down. He was putting up good numbers. But he'll also give you that edge that I think they need. I mean you I get think it with the Clippers Pat maybe have more edge than any team in the league. Yeah. You got Pat from, Bev. just from a personality standpoint. Yeah, oh for sure. I mean you got <laughs> you got Kawhi who doesn't even fly on the team plane. <laughs> he doesn't have to talk because his whole team will talk around him yeah and then you have pat bev who's like i don't even know what to call this man like a tasmanian devil or something just like always on the court just chirping and slapping the ground ready to play defense on whoever's in front of him which i like and now you have morris who comes in and he's like the same way just bigger it's they they're good they have enough they have the edge they have the motivation they've got the the scoring they they're good yeah so I believe uh, if I had to give it a grade, I'd probably give it an A 
I'm going to go A+. Plus. A+. Plus. A+, plus because you have to understand where a team is at to maybe grade them properly. Mm-hmm. And just like you said, they are in win-now mode. Yeah, They're not trying to worry about the future. They're not worried about giving up picks, any of that. They're willing to take a flyer on a guy who's on a one-year contract. Like They're in desperation mode, Mm -hmm. just like every other contender is. So, I mean, for them to pick up a guy who I I think I saw he's shooting like 44% from three. Yeah. Oh, God dang. And he's been proven in the past to be a pretty good defender on LeBron James. Um, what you're going to need for sure. What you're going to need. And yeah, and Im- imagine the switching abilities, Wayne, when it comes to the Clippers potentially facing the Lakers or any team. I mean, okay, you try to get a pick and roll to switch. Marcus Morris Sr.'s on you, who's already a great defender. Let's get him off of you. Oh, wait, Paul George. <laughs> oh, man, let's try to switch. Oh, crap, Kawhi Leonard. Oh, let's switch. <laughs> Oh, Pat Beverly. Like, you literally <laughs> cannot do anything on this team because they will lock you up. And, like, it's crazy. They have the best of the defense and also the like pretty much the best of the offense, too. When they're playing at a high level, it's ridiculous. And they the, the only thing that they need is to be able to stay on the court and all play together. And, yeah. Because they got to get some continuity at least before um, the playoffs begin because you're going to need that. Was it – was it? I think I think I read it somewhere where they only have played at like full full strength this season, like twice. I think. Yeah, I think Paul George just started coming back too, so yeah. they're trying to get into the swing of that now. But they're gonna need it for sure. It was like Christmas Day they had, they were at full strength when they played the Lakers. Yeah, and then like well, they like, always get up for the Lakers, and then yeah. it's like oh, we can rest now. Yeah, and then a game like maybe a couple weeks ago they were at full strength, and that was only like the twice out of the season where they where they played at full strength. So, I think once they like once the playoffs start coming around and start you know poking its head around, um, and they start playing more together and getting ready for the playoffs, that's when we're going to see all these pieces start moving, and you're going to see like some heavy, heavy defense mixed in with some legit offense. Wow, bunch of bulldogs. Yeah, I'm. I just want the playoffs to start today. Honestly, <laughs> yes. you know what I mean. Uh, all right, Rockets. Ooh, the Rockets, they just they had some moves. All right. Incoming. Bruno Caboclo, who I heard is the Brazilian KD, but I digress. Robert Covington, a twenty twenty four second round pick, a twenty twenty three second round pick swap. And then going out, Clint Capella, the Mr. H Town man himself, Gerald Green, Nene, and a twenty twenty first round pick. What you got, Wayne? First off, I forgot the Rockets had Nene. Um, That's because he so. literally didn't play. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't I, even think I saw him on the bench the whole year. I saw a video of Nene's last bucket with the Rockets. It, it was him throwing Dr- Draymond Green on the ground. Yes. Bumping somebody else out the way and getting an easy lay. And I was like, like, wow. What a way to go out, man. What a way to end your career. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, that was uh, – I'll give this – a, I'll give this a B because the Rockets are left without helping the paint. And that's going to suck. As much fun as small ball is when you have James Harden, Russell Westbrook, um, yeah, Robert Some Covington. have been calling it micro ball. Micro, <laughs> micro ball. <laughs> oh, man. But as much fun as small ball is, 
once teams finally figure out how to play around that, it's over. You're so gonna how need, do, so how do you figure out how to play around that? We'll just throw it in the paint as much as you can. Okay. Which, but here's the thing. Lakers, the Rockets. Lakers, yeah, that's what I, I was gonna bring that up because Anthony Davis dropped 32 and he had a game, 19, of course, but. What the Rockets did really good was shutting down everybody else. The next highest scorer on the Lakers was LeBron James with 18 points. And I was talking with some friends in the group chat, and I was like, they're playing Spurs ball, where the Spurs will let, like when the Rockets played the Spurs like last season, and James Harden dropped 60-some points, but the Rockets only won by six. Right. And I was like, you let James Harden go off, but you just clamp up everybody else. And that's what the Rockets did really good. They let Anthony, they knew he was going to go off, because you got... You know, little dude in the paint guarding him, so he's and gonna you, get buckets. And you really can't do that now with the Rockets because almost every guy who's on the court can either shoot, yeah, or handle the ball. So and so, it's not just gonna be James Harden letting him score and we'll still win because you have other threats now. Yeah, and that's why I said as much fun as it is, once teams start like being like, okay, here's how we can. I I'm not like a basketball guru or whatever, but who's, I know the coaches. Who's the one team that. that you think? could figure it out because I have a team that only one team that I two teams that I believe could really shake them up. Well, the Clippers. Clippers for sure, for sure because they could throw a small ball lineup out there. They got the best of both worlds. Montrez Harold can he can come out on the perimeter too. Mm-hmm. He might be your biggest liability, but almost everybody else can switch. Yeah. The other team is the Bucks if they were to face them in the in the finals of course. Yeah. Everybody on you can take Brooke Lopez off the floor and you can play Giannis at the five, mm-hmm. you know? So those are the only two teams where I could see matching them, but from a shooting perspective, maybe the Clippers are still the best bet as far as the best shooting on the floor. And I don't think the Lakers are going to go. I think the small ball lineup works for the Lakers because as good as the Lakers are, they don't really have, they don't have as good of scoring as, you know, they've led us to believe Kuzma's, streaky uh Danny Green is not that he's not that also good. streaky also very streaky I mean he'll hit five threes in the quarter or whatever like he did in the in the first game of the season or whatever like just go off but then also go like oh for 10 from three yeah when you need him the most for sure so they've got a lot of guys a lot of good name guys on the team who can score but when you need them they're probably not gonna be there and then it's on the back of James Harden I mean not James Harden uh LeBron James Anthony Davis to pick up the slack and we know they can do it but they can't do it like every single game and in a seven game series when you need those supportive the supportive cast to step up I don't see that happening from Danny Green or um, Kuzma or Rondo or anybody else they have on there that could Avery Bradley you know I don't think I don't see it happening yeah I saw a tweet the other day and it read this the Rockets defensive strategy might legit be to distract drastically reduce the amount of three-pointers the other team takes with this small ball lineup because three-pointers outweigh post-ups. Teams can keep trying to post up if it means they'll take less of the most valuable shot. So I guess that's a debate of like, yes, it is the most valuable shot from in terms of you're going to receive the most points, mm-hmm. but that's kind of their strategy. Like, hey, post up as much as you want. Like Giannis, go to work on us. Anthony Davis, go to work on us. Nikola Jokic, do your thing. But we're going to do our best to try to put up threes every time. So the only time it's not going to work is like it did last night against Phoenix. They they got yeah. beat against Phoenix because pretty much 
the shots just weren't falling. Mm -hmm. That was really the only thing. So if that's the case, then you're going to lose. Yeah. So, so it doesn't give you that second option to maybe go big Mm -hmm. anymore. So I'm going to give them, mine's like half B minus half B plus, because to me, this is like, um, high risk, high reward. Yeah. High risk. Because obviously if this works, I mean, we've seen it work with Golden State. They had the most lethal lineup going small. All guys who could put the ball on the floor. Now, I don't want to compare this Rockets team to that Golden State team, but we've seen it in the past. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's a a high risk because, obviously, if that shot is not falling, then they're going to have their way with you in the paint every single time. And they're going to get you in foul trouble, too, which is another thing. So. But uh, the the Rockets have been linked to getting Robert Covington for a while, so he's that kind of 3 and D guy that they needed. Um, they had it with Luke Mbamute and Trevor Reza, and they've kind of been missing it this year. And so it's funny because Robert Covington actually started his career with the Rockets, played about seven games, and was really in the G League most of the time. So he's made a name for himself, and now he's back in Houston. So it's kind of cool to see that. Um and maybe Bruno Caboclo. I know he's a guy. He's a more of like a stretch four, stretch five. He's not going to do anything for you defensively. However, I I know that he can stretch the floor. So if they need another option, I don't even know if he's going to crack the rotation. Honestly, Wayne, but he might. Um, but for me, I'm going to go B plus slash B minus. We'll we'll see how this works out. All right. Warriors. Warriors. We mentioned them a little earlier. Going out, obviously we mentioned D'Angelo Russell, Amari Spellman, Glenn Robinson III, and Alec Burks. Incoming, Andrew Wiggins, the former number one pick. A 2021 first-round pick, top three protected from Minnesota. A 2020 second-round pick from Dallas. A 2021 second-round pick from Denver. A 2021 second-round pick via Minnesota. I'm losing my breath. And a 2022 second-round pick via Toronto. So a ton of picks. And Andrew Wiggins, what you got? Um, I see this as more of a long-term move. The Rockets – I mean, not the Rockets. The Warriors are playing chess right now. They're racking up the picks. They got Andrew Wiggins. Um, and I think what they're going to do is just have Andrew Wiggins kind of bring the team together a little bit because now you get, like I said earlier, you get Steph back in March. You get Clay back either at the end of the season or next season for sure. You'll have Andrew Wiggins. You'll have Draymond Green. Um, I don't know who else they have out there, another big or whatever. But anyway, they're going to want to get Andrew Wiggins into the fold, and so they're going to kind of ease him in then use those picks in the draft and get some guys to kind of like build the bench maybe. And so I think they're just playing a long game. They've had a nice run in the past. You know, they got their rings. They've got their notoriety. They got the best shooter in the world or arguably best two, the shooters, two best shooters, two yeah. best shooters, period. So I think they're just going to, they're in like a slight rebuild mode, not a huge rebuild where they just like drop everything and then get fresh people in there. It's like a slight rebuild mode where they're just like, okay, we still got these guys, our you know our top three. They're Let's kind of some... like a Brooklyn Nets situation. Yeah, kind of. Wait, there. It's really about next season, not this season. Yeah, uh, I I give the Warriors a good two seasons before they're really like honestly back to almost where they were before. Right. But I don't think they're gonna run the West again. 
but they'll definitely be back in the conversation with if the Clippers keep their keep their guys, if the Lakers keep their guys, they'll be up there in that like top yeah. three or four echelon. Yeah, I have to agree with you about the chess moves part. I, I actually told my brother this. I, I said the Warriors aren't done. Yeah. And it, if it's not this season, it's it's in the summer. Um, if you have an opportunity to pry someone off of uh, their roster, you have a, like a plethora of picks now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't really think that's di- the direction of that Golden State's wanting to go to, to build young again. Um, I do think they have a window with Draymond, Clay, and Steph. I don't know if I see them bringing in like another superstar. I think what I really see them doing is bringing in like really good rotational pieces, yeah. like really formidable three and D guys, really formidable um, forwards that can play the pick and roll and can stretch the floor. I see them doing that with all these picks, which is not going to be eye popping to a lot of people at first, but the bench guys matter. The rotation players, they matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of the same situation for the Warriors as the Rockets, as in this is a high-risk, high-reward type of situation with Andrew Wiggins. If you can get a former number one overall pick to really change his reputation, if you can put him around veterans that know how to win, they have a good culture, you can get Draymond Green in his face. and, and get Because really the thing with him has always been like, we just don't see that Andrew Wiggins really cares. Like He doesn't even really show it. Mm-hmm. And you could relate that more to like a Kawhi if you wanted to, like he might just let his play, his play do the talking, but his play doesn't yeah, do the talking. Do um, so I think you're going to really, my hope is that we see a turn in his career for Andrew Wiggins and that he really um, steps up and does something and that these veterans can, can get to him. They can get him to play defense. I kind of look at him right now as like a poor man's Harrison Barnes when Harrison Barnes was with that 15, 16 team. Mm-hmm. A guy who can, if you can really get him to buy in on defense and then more just be like a spot-up three-point shooter. Um, He's not a guy who's going to handle the ball and run the offense, and you don't need him to. So let's find a position that's going to be good for him in this roster. Let's not get rid of him in the summer. Let's kind of let it play out through next year too uh, to see if if this could really be a hidden gem for them. So I'm going to give them – I'm going to give them an A for this. Did I give them a grade? I think uh, I don't know. Did you? What's your grade? I'll give an A. Yeah. I'll give an A. Um, Steve Kerr came out and said that honestly, he said he said uh, just being blunt with you guys. Honestly, oh, yeah, the yeah. fit with D'Angelo Russell was questionable from the start. Yeah. Um. So obviously you can't say that kind of stuff when the player first gets there, but I think they knew that they just wanted some return for KD because that was a sign and trade, and KD wanted them to have something back. But it was super short term, and I think they knew all along that they were going to flip this for something. So um, I'll give them an A. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go to Denver. Denver. Denver receives Keita Bates Diop, Gerald Green, who they waived, Jordan McRae, Noah Vonley, and a 2020 first round pick via Houston. Going out, Malik Beasley, Juancho Hernan Gomez, and Jared. Vanderbilt what you got I'm okay I'm okay with this um the the Nuggets are they're like right on the cusp of being I mean okay let me put it this way you have Lakers Clippers you know they're right now running the West um 
They're right on the cusp of being uh, contenders and not pretenders. Yeah, like they're in that middle of the like we know Denver is really good, but then they still show signs of like, nah, they ain't who we thought they. They were. don't scare you in the playoffs yet. No, I mean last season when the Spurs were playing the Nuggets in the playoffs, took them to seven games. Yeah, and I was I was like, first off, why are the Spurs here? Like, who invited us to the playoffs? <laughs> first off, <laughs> <laughs> send the invitation back. Yeah, we don't want send it. Return to sender. We don't want this. Send, give it to somebody else. I don't care. Um, and we took them to seven games, and I was like, don't get my hopes up to then just fall. Like at least win. And then they lost, and I was like, okay, whatever. But the Nuggets, like they should have waxed us. I I thought, and so I guess this is okay. Uh, I'm not. I don't see them going really like really far in the playoffs with this team as good as they are as as much defense as these guys play and as much as uh Jokic can give you when he's on the floor I don't know if I see this team being contenders just yet so I would give this B minus mm. C plus maybe um only because I just don't <clears throat> see what they got in return that's going to push them over the cusp. Now, they did get, what, the first-round pick? Yeah, they got a first-round pick. Yeah. So maybe they can turn that into something really good for them next season. But Noah Vonley could be a good uh, big coming off the bench, maybe. Yeah. Um, but, I, yeah. C I'm going to go A. B, uh, C plus B minus. I'm going to go A. Okay. B- because my spin on it is not really what's coming in, but more situational. Mm-hmm. Um, because the they kind of had a positional – issue between Malik Beasley and Michael Porter Jr. Like they didn't know how to share minutes between those guys. And I think they knew they had to get rid of one of them and they weren't getting rid of Michael Porter Jr. No, please don't. And so I think the reason I give A is because they're really officially diving in to to not having that tension between who should I play and really diving in on Michael Porter Jr. and going, we're giving our minutes to this guy. He's going to be a big piece for us moving forward. And that in itself could be a big payout for them because he's obviously a huge talent that again i know we hit the word potential but he's only two years in so i think it's appropriate to use mm-hmm. um really only one year in because this is the first year he's playing because the his very first year he was injured the whole year so i'm gonna go a because they're just really diving into uh michael porter jr and finally kind of uh tightening up the roster a little bit where there's no tension in between like we have so many good players, so we don't know who to play. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So that's what I got for them. Let's move on to Atlanta. Hotlanta. Hotlanta. Incoming, the big man, Clint Capella. Obviously the big name from this. Dwayne Dedman pulling the old uh, Grandpa Simpson <laughs> coming in the door, coming right back. Yep. Uh, Scott Labissiere, Derek Walton Jr., a 2020 second-round pick via Houston, and a 2021 second-round pick via Miami, and $2 million. Um, Straight cash, homie. From Portland. That's right. And then leaving Alex Lynn, Jabari Parker, Evan Turner, a 2020 first-round pick, a future second-round pick, and a 2024 second-round pick. What you got, Wayne? This is an okay... They they're getting good quality back. Um, a lot of bigs coming in. Yeah, like three centers. Yeah, they got some trees um, <laughs> <laughs> to help them out in the paint. <laughs> no more branches. They got trunks. Yeah, they got straight up tree trunks, bro. Uh, I'll give this I'll give this a B plus um, because you're getting some bigs in there that can help out Trey Young a bit. 
more some some more athletic kind of guys that can kind of take some pressure off of him, so he doesn't have to feel like he has to do everything. Um, we know what Clint Capella can do in the pick and roll. Once they get that down, I mean, game guys, over. We saw what James Harden and Clint Capella did. The damage it can do. It doesn't matter if you can see it coming. It's still going to work out because Clint Capella is like, he just is like a he just towers over you. And when he's in the air, those long arms can go up and grab whatever you throw up. Mm-hmm. So Trey Young can literally, you know, call a screen or whatever, close his eyes and throw it towards the backboard, and Clint Capella is going to go up and Mr. Fantastic grab it and throw it in the bucket. Yeah. So. I think it's a good trade. Um, I think they got a lot of good stuff in return. And so, they got a lot of guys off their books that they weren't even playing. They yeah. weren't playing Evan Turner, and Jabari was hurt a lot. Alex Lynn got a little bit of playing time. But to me, this is all about Clint Capella. Um, this move was all about Clint Capella getting him there. They've had their name linked to big men for Atlanta, like maybe landing Andre Drummond, maybe landing Steven Adams. And they ended up with probably the youngest guy, or I think he's the youngest guy out of those three dudes, um, who honestly knows, he knows how to play pick and roll. Mm -hmm. Like you said, because he's done it with James Harden. And this is where Trey Young can really thrive. Um, because we know Trey's a great shooter. We know he's an amazing facilitator. He can find dudes where nobody else can. And so for Clint Capella, I think this is great because he's going to a situation that's maybe not as like contention heavy now. Like there's obviously that pressure there. Like I have to perform and we have to get this right. Not saying he needs to relax, but we know Trey wanted a little bit of help. And so I think this is good for Atlanta. It's good for that you're pleasing your superstar player by showing him that, Hey, we, we care about now and we care about the future. So that's why we're making this move. So I'm going to give them an a for this one, not an a plus because I will miss Clint Capella a little bit. Go ahead and shed your tears, man. Five years with this. I've literally seen him grow up. I still got that picture that I took with Clint. Oh yeah. yeah. When y'all man. ditched me and didn't invite me to the movies <laughs> and Clint Capella ended up being at the movie theater. Uh, but I digress. <laughs> All right, our, I specifically left these last two Wayne because I just think they're comical. Okay. Detroit. Oh, they did some <laughs> stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here I'll just say both of them. Detroit and Cleveland, okay? Oh, snap. Going out of Detroit, Andre Drummond. That's tough. Coming in, this is who they got for Andre Drummond, a two-time All-Star, one of the best rebounders we've ever seen. This is who they got. Good Lord, this is – oh, my goodness. Okay, I'll say it now. (laughs) John Henson. Who? Brandon Knight. Huh. And a 2023 – Second round pick for Andre Drummond. That is disrespectful. I mean, Just like, to, what are you, what are you doing if you're Detroit? Honestly, I have no idea. What in the world are you doing? Who do they have backing, or who was backing up Andre Drummond? Uh, Sekou Dembuya, I think. So, I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe they're leaning in a little bit more to him, but still. Yeah, this is... No value back. You knew you wanted to get rid of him. That's fine. I I get it. Yeah. You got 
John Henson and Brandon Knight back. Who is John Henson? John Henson used to play for the Bucks. Uh, long, lanky arms. Kind of did that little like hook, dink, dumper kind of shot. Um, okay. If you're asking who, this is my point. Yeah. You're asking yeah. who is John Henson? Okay, exactly. <laughs> what are you doing if you're Detroit? Look, I'm not gonna waste any time. I'm gonna give them a Z. I'll give them a Z minus. <laughs> <laughs> we have created a new grade scale, and we went all the way down yes. to Z. Honestly, like you couldn't even get a first round pick back. Dang. Cleveland, I'll give them a B minus, because I, I yeah. mean they're not in contention for anything, and they have three bigs there now with Kevin Love, Tristan Thompson, and Andre Drummond. So the floor spacing is a little bit questionable, mm-hmm. and. Drummond has a an option to pick up his player option this summer or to step into free agency, so you could potentially lose him. So B minus, but to get his to get that type of talent and only have to give up Brandon Knight and John Henson, I'll give him a B minus. But Detroit, what are you doing? Hey, Detroit Rock City. <laughs> Y'all and they some, didn't even uh, get rid of Derrick Rose. They didn't get – I can understand Blake Griffin because he's hurt. But, like, what are you doing, Detroit? Like, I can imagine that the next Detroit game, there's going to be a riot. <laughs> I mean, we know Detroit Just now. right outside. You know Detroit. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a riot. Yeah, they mad. They're I mean, mad. do you agree with my Z grade? Are you yes, are you with sure. me on this? Yes, it's a Z. What about Cleveland? B minus? What do you got? Yeah, I'll give them, I'll give them a B. B minus okay. because Andre Drummond is still he's still a good like, player like, like and he's you, young like you said one of the best rebounders he's only like twenty six yeah and he can still get up there and get bored like the dude will get you everything you need in the paint even if he can't stretch the floor you need players that absolutely know their role and at least he tried once twice, hopefully he maybe. never tries again <laughs> that thing hit the back because <laughs> that so bad because that B minus about to go to a Z for <laughs> Cleveland too if I see him take one three pointer in the Cleveland jersey. <laughs> going straight to a Z minus for sure. Wayne, did you enjoy this trade deadline season? I did. It was thoroughly entertaining. I liked it. I love I you know how your phone can tell you how much time you've been on your phone like by the end of the week? Yeah, the screen time. Thing. I don't want to look this week. Yeah. Cuz I was on Twitter just like every time I got a Woj tweet or a Shams tweet, I would open it up and Speaking of Woj, he just tweeted. What? Oh my gosh, James Harden traded for No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they made a special exception after the trade deadline. This is maybe good to mention. Uh, reporting with ESPN, McMahone, Charlotte is finally finalizing a contract buy, buyout with Ford Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Yo, speaking of Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Dallas has emerged as a possible destina- destination once MKG clears waivers. Speaking of Michael Kidd Gilchrist, I think I told you this, but um, David, the guy I do entertainment exchange with, if you guys don't know about that, some other podcasts, go check it out. Entertainment exchange. Do it, do it, do it. Yeah, selfish plug. Anyway, um, he has a family member that is married to Michael Kidd Gilchrist. No way. Yeah, whoever his wife is is in David's family. He's gonna be a little closer to Texas now if he's planning on signing with Dallas. Oh, bro. sounds like Charlotte's cleaning house because MKG and Marvin Williams. Marvin Williams did a buyout and is now heading to Milwaukee. Uh, even though I wanted him to go to Houston because we are literally micro ball, mm-hmm. but um, I, it, it is the buyout season too, so we can maybe be expecting some more names. Uh, 
in a little bit here in the next couple weeks. All right, the Portland Trailblazers, we just wanted to make a quick mention. We have two more segments for today. We got our um, maybe maybe the most controversial game of the week mm-hmm. between Portland and Utah. You want to give the people just a breakdown, Wayne, of what happened last night? So Portland played the Jazz, and it was going pretty well. Uh, Portland, uh, I think they got off to a pretty good lead. Jazz went on a run, came back, made it close. Jazz are up two with however many seconds left in the game. Uh, and Damian Lillard has the ball, brings it across half court, gets the screen, splits the defense, goes up for the lay, throws it – it hits the backboard. Clearly. Then clearly hits the backboard. Rudy Gobert then comes in behind him and slaps it back off the glass or blocks it. And then the Jazz get the rebound, then it goes out of bounds with his Jazz ball. And Damian Lillard, it was nine seconds left at this point. And Damian Lillard's like, you know, run it back, do the replay or whatever. And then the refs didn't replay it, and they just let it play out. And they To be losing. clear, we don't know if they are able to review that. We, Me and Wayne thought that's a reviewable play. Yeah. But maybe there's something that we're missing that we just didn't do our research very well on. Yeah, so NBA, get at us. Hit us up, <laughs> please. Uh, let us know what happened because – Oh, I have something here. Go ahead. This is uh, from the NBA official Twitter account. Detective Drew. The question was, was Lil- was Lillard's shot reviewable for a goaltend? And if so, why was it not reviewed? And this is what was said. No, it was not reviewable since no goaltending call was made on the floor. Goaltending is only reviewable if we actually call it. The call needs to be made for a goaltending to be reviewable. We've since looked at it via post-game video review and unfortunately saw that we missed the play and a goaltending violation should have been called. So the reason they didn't review it is because you actually need to, to make a call first. to have it reviewed. Okay. Which makes sense, but still. <laughs> Damian Lillard quote tweeted this. Did you see this? No. And he said he quote tweeted that whole article thing and said, we don't want to hear this punk bleep bleep. <laughs> yo Damien y'all y'all keep poking the beast man yeah did y'all not see what this man just did in the span of like a couple weeks like y'all just want to be out here just making him mad for no reason this sucks for Portland it does because they're in the hunt for the eighth spot I want to see Damian Lillard in the playoffs yes I want to see Yusuf Nurkic get back and mm-hmm. for them to maybe make some noise see Carmelo in the playoffs again oh my goodness I want to see this but these refs out here playing. They out here playing these games, bro. How many? You said there's there's like three refs on the floor, right? Three. How you got three pairs of eyes on the floor that's supposed to be looking at the backboard when a shot goes up, and y'all don't call nothing. Not a not a team. C.J. McCollum said post game that he went up to the ref and that the ref basically said, you know, sometimes y'all see it and we don't, but they have three player. They have three refs on the floor to see the all these angles. So, like, really, I just don't want to hear that. That's what C.J. Yeah. McCollum was saying, which I agree. That's the whole reason you have three refs on the floor is for that sole purpose, to get every angle possible. I don't know, man. Sometimes these refs just be sleep on the floor, man, with their eyes open, just falling asleep. I don't get it. And I'm not saying I could do a better job as a ref, but when you're getting paid to be a ref in the NBA, like, that's a big deal. We kind of expect you to have your crap together and be able to make those calls whenever it's time and they're not doing it so that's what i got to say about it wayne what's the status what's the status bro we are in agreement which 
our What's the Status segment. This is all about who we believe to have the worst stat line of the week and the best stat line of the week. Me and Wayne are agreeing because we have... Whoa. Did that just fall off by itself? It did. Dude, what's wrong with your house? It's haunted. For real, for real. (laughs) We gots to go. (laughs) Me and Wayne are in agreement about who the worst of the week is because we have a very solid friendship foundation. Yes. And we send each other messages through brainwaves and telecommunication. And Slack. Yeah, that too. (laughs) (laughs) Tell them what it is, Wayne. Shout out Slack. (laughs) Shout out Slack. Y'all real. Our worst stat line of the week goes to none other than that man trust the process joel Embiid. okay i don't know if i said that can you do that accent again trust the process <laughs> it sounds like you're just um mumbling I not am. actually doing an accent you gotta listen to joel Embiid talk man that man anyway moving on uh that game ain't talking yeah the game is not good right now bro so the game we're talking about is a game against the Boston Celtics. Now, he did have another game against the Bucks that was really bad, but I didn't want to put that one in here because he got a double-double in that game. This one like this 19. one looks this one against Boston looks much more appetizing. Yeah, so for the went, sake of bad stat lines. I want y'all to hear this. Hear me when I say this. He had 11 points. Okay? Oh, okay. He played 23 minutes. Okay. He went 1 for 11. What? 0 for 4 from three okay traded 10 missed shots for 11 points yeah five rebounds one assist three fouls 11 puntos yikes bro what on earth is something's going on? wrong with him i don't know not what necessarily the sixers but his body language period like the way he's playing he looks sad he's not his usual like funny self something's got to be going on is he still eating cheeseburgers before the game? If he's not, he should go back to it because yes. that was obviously helping. Yeah, get get some get an extra pound or two so you can go out there and bully kids in the paint. Mm. But going one for 11, dude. And this was in a loss too, right? Yes, they lost 116 to 95. Oh, man. Good loady wody. Yeah, that's our worst stat line of the week. Drew, what is your best stat line of the week? My best stat line comes from Big Honey. Nikola Jokic. Ooh, Nikola. The man on February 6th, I believe this was, against the Jazz had 31 points, 10 assists. Hmm. Okay, but here it is, 21 rebounds. Wow. He is the 10th player in NBA history to achieve this stat line. I'll repeat that. In NBA history. History, history, history. He was 13 of 14 with Gobert as his primary defender. Wow. Who is what? A two-time defensive player of the year. And he put the buckets on that man. So Rudy got mixed. He had 10 assists and only one turnover. That's efficient. And he had a very clutch bucket down the stretch. So I had to give it to Big Honey himself, Mr. Nikola Jokic. All right. Who you got, Wayne? All right, now, these two guys are on the same team. I had to pick one of them, but uh, it, it wasn't it wasn't that easy. Um, I'm going with that man, Kelly Oubre Jr. Don't from, say it was the game last night. Yes, it was the game last night. So sorry. <sighs> Got to do it to you. But he went off. He did. First off, Devin Booker also went off in that game, too. Not as much as Kelly Oubre, though. Yeah, Devin Booker, 10 of 18, 33 points, 4 of 8 from a 3. But Kelly Oubre. Didn't Kelly go like 7 of 9 from 3? 7 of 9 from 3. 9 rebounds, 1 foul, 
39 points, 14 of 19 from the field. Dang. That man. You know that he was in discussion around the trade deadline. For real? Yep. (laughs) He He, survived that. And he proved his point, like, I'm here to stay. Yeah, he went off. 14 of 19, only missed five shots. Who is the other one? I'm curious. The other what? You said you had two guys that you could have. Well, I was talking about Devin Booker. Oh, okay. Got it, got it. Now, I did have I did have um, Nikola Jokic from another game where he went 16 to 23, um, 103 from three, 10 rebounds, 11 assists, 39 points. I was going to put that in there, but then I saw the Kelly Oubre that he went off off. Nice. So I threw that in there too. Kelly Oubre, the most handsome guy in the NBA. Bro, that <laughs> <laughs> dude, his hair, I want it. I want it, dude. I don't care, man. I will take it. I thought Wayne was about to deflect the comment just to like avoid no. any confusion, and he really dove into it. He's like, I, listen, listen, his hair. Bro, I need that. Listen, Kelly Oubre, tell me what you're doing with the hair, man. Just tell me. Let me know. I mean, oh, I need it. man. Thank, thanks for joining us, guys. And Kelly Oubre, if you could maybe get back to Wayne about some hair products or, or whatever he can do get to. Head and shoulders, canteen, what you got? Whatever it is, um, Wayne needs to know. Please, he's 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 in the market. I'll say that. Yes. For the free agency, the deadline has not stopped for Wayne. <laughs> Someone can pick me up. Please. <laughs> <laughs> I need I need advice. Hey, don't. Uh, one more thing, don't forget to follow us at three nd underscore pod at three and d underscore pod i think i got that correct without actually looking so i'm getting better i hope so if i got it wrong then i've failed all of you (laughs) so i'm sorry anyways thanks for joining us today and don't forget you can also just like the trade deadline you can trade something in your life for something better or worse if you're like detroit (laughs) see you guys next time